Listen, I get it. You like saving in Bitcoin. But check this out. You can actually complement your HODL position by investing in Bitcoin startups. If you want additional upside and enjoy learning about angel investing, you should check out Lightning Ventures. Lightning Ventures is a great way to stack real equity in Bitcoin-only companies. They've invested in businesses you've heard about on this show, including Azteco, CrowdHealth, and Swan Bitcoin. And Lightning Ventures makes it easy to get started in the world of early stage investing. The minimum investment is only $1,000 per deal, and you only invest in the deals that make sense to you. So if you want to get a behind the scenes look at the startups you know and love, if you want a chance to support their growth, and if you want another opportunity to profit as the Bitcoin ecosystem develops, check out the 60 second application in the show notes to get started today in building a world that runs on better money. You're not holding 100% of the keys. AnchorWatch is not holding 100% of the keys, which is this interesting concept we like to call negative control, where we are not a custodian in the sense that we can unilaterally move the money. But us plus you can move the money. In the way the vault is constructed, we, we can't move the money without your signatures. We are preparing to also offer Bitcoin denominated policies. So this would be where the entire ecosystem is a Bitcoin insured product. So instead of a $10 million policy, you might have a 50 Bitcoin policy. And so the limit of the policy is the nominal count of your Bitcoin. What that means is you pay your premiums in Bitcoin. So everything is going to be in Bitcoin. If you have a loss, that claim benefit will be paid out in Bitcoin. And that's a way that over time, really the asset value ceases to matter. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guests today are Rob Hamilton and Becca Rubenfeld, who are the founders of AnchorWatch, an insurance company and the maker of Trident Vault, an advanced Bitcoin custody solution. Rob is a former IBM data scientist with deep experience in Bitcoin and custody technology. And prior to AnchorWatch, Becca spent nearly 20 years in the corporate environment at Target and Starbucks. If you've been on Twitter in the last couple of months, you've probably seen AnchorWatch and or Rob and Becca pop up more and more. I wanted to find out more about what they're doing, and I really enjoyed today's conversation. I hope you will as well. Of course, before we get to the interview, we do have this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight. But even before that, I want to take a second to thank those who have been supporting the podcast on Fountain in the last week. Thanks to Nick and Rogostro Wes for streaming sats to the podcast, as well as the Evangelist who sent a 98 sat boost along with this message, barefoot and naked. Got it. For those of you who listened to last week's episode with Veronica Max on her concierge medicine practice and how she accepts Bitcoin in her practice now, you may know exactly what this is in reference to. If you didn't listen to it, it's not as spicy as it sounds, but I think that if you go back and listen to last week's episode, you'll find a lot of value there as well. Either way, thank you so much to those who have been supporting the podcast on Fountain. If you would like to support the show, you can listen to Business Bitcoinization on Fountain and either stream sats as you listen or send a boost along with a comment on something that you appreciated from the show, wanted to call out or wanted to respond to in one way or another. 
Now, for this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight, we have the Northwest Arkansas Bitcoiners. Northwest Arkansas Bitcoin is for everyone, whether you've been around for several cycles or just overheard them talking at the meetup. They have a standing meetup on the third Tuesday of every month, but also hold deep dive sessions to educate on custody best practices, privacy tools, supporting the local economy, and home mining. And starting in December, they'll begin hosting a meetup specifically for self-custody on the first Saturday of each month. You can find all the information you need on their website, nwabitcoin.org, or on Twitter at nwabitcoin. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Rob and Becca right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Becca and Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for, Thanks having, for having us. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. So Becca, we'll start with you. The first question is, when and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? Um, I'm not I'm not even sure when I first heard of Bitcoin, probably just on the news. Um, I first kind of got engaged in it in 2019 and I was trading my own portfolio, swing trading equities uh, and noticed that it was a highly volatile asset and and so good for swing trading. So I was just swing trading it for a little bit before I knew anything about it. So 2019 for me. Mm. Rob? Yeah, I got into Bitcoin back in 2013. Funny enough, I had some friends that were mining Dogecoin, and um, I was kind of laughing along with them, had my GPU, was playing around, and I was like, well, this is actually kind of interesting tech. Let me learn more. And I was living in New York City at the time, and I went to the New York City Bitcoin developer meetup number like 10, mm. 9, or something like that. And uh, they now just had their 200th. So that was really what kind of threw me in the deep end and actually inspired me to learn how to program. So Rob, we'll keep with you for question number two. What's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish everyone understood? I would say um, the so Bitcoin as a system works so well because it's endogenous. It takes all of the information in the system. It's self-referential. There's one piece of information that is actually outside of Bitcoin, and that's the timestamp the miners put in the block header. And this is really interesting for the, some of the stuff we do at Anchor Watch with time locks. But all of this to say, like, time is the only input that gets put into Bitcoin, and it allows you to actually have this time-based security that is unhackable or like unmodifiable for the first time ever, really. And it's a really exciting concept to start playing around with. Becca, how about you? An insight or fact about Bitcoin you wish everyone understood? Yeah, recently I'm finding the thing that really opens a lot of eyes for people when I talk about Bitcoin is actually going through um, and doing some some ways that Bitcoin versus tokens and crypto differs and taking them through that uh, kind of journey of, um, you know, how Bitcoin is mined and how, you know, it was created initially versus how, say, a token tends to come about and and really uh, contrast those two things. Um, I think uh, I found super, super effective in um, making people interested, um, in particular, just how uh, tokens raise money um, and issue issue the tokens at a super low valuation instead of shares in a company. Um, so I found that super interesting and uh, have been exploring how to use that to to start conversations on Bitcoin. And Becca, this question may or may not uh, connect to your previous answer, but what's the Bitcoin resource you most recommend to other people? 
So for me, I think this this is very much mimics kind of how I learned about Bitcoin. Um, but for me, these audio apps. So I I really got orange pilled on an app called Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter Spaces is similar but different. Um, and I really encourage people to go spend some time in these apps because uh, unlike, say, consuming written material or even podcasts uh, like this one, it's one where if you choose to, you can interact yourself. So you can learn a little bit, you can listen, but when you have questions, you actually, if you want to, can get up there and ask those questions yourself and get answers given back to you um, in a way that's really bespoke to your exact question, maybe to your exact level of learning. Um, that really was instrumental for me. So that's where I point people. It's really mind-boggling that you can directly hear from some of the greatest minds in the world. It's and not necessarily interact with them, but that, that's just an amazing thing to me. It's it's definitely a big part of of my entry into Bitcoin is having this opportunity um, to yeah speak to the absolute most knowledgeable people on the planet on these topics um, and get very very directed answers that met me where I was. It was amazing. Rob, what's your most recommended resource? Uh, I'll tell that in a moment, but just that's how Becca and I met. Um, Becca specifically got on Clubhouse, and she was someone who, like she said, she was swing trading, but she would spend hours in these rooms when this is back at peak COVID, where everyone was on, like sitting at home using Clubhouse. And we were on stage with Jimmy Song, NVK, American Hoddle, Bruce Fenton, like this long list of people who all had these different perspectives of how Bitcoin works. And Becca just sat there and would prod and prod and prod. So she got like a a curated, one-on-one curated over the course of months mm-hmm. Bitcoin orange pilling experience. So she's very quickly skilled up and knowledgeable. That said, just to kind of put full justice in that response, uh, for me, uh, on what Bitcoin did, he did recently did a good series of how, why, and what is Bitcoin? Like what is Bitcoin, how Bitcoin, why Bitcoin? And it was with um, Dan Held, Harry Sudock, and American Hoddle. Mm. And it's just a direct talk to the camera. It's not a formal interview, it's a, Q- a Q&A. And I just think that's a really great way because Harry goes deep into the energy grid. Harry, um, you know, Hoddle is Hoddle, but also talks about like the culture, society, economic, and ethos of everything. And Dan Held does a really good job too, talking about like the industry and the market and like how people start using and adopting this technology. So that's a great, like each one's like a little over an hour and it's a good little just bite-sized nugget asking really pointed questions. Mm, excellent. So Rob, uh, Anchor Watch is a fairly new endeavor for the two of you. I'm sure it's been in the process for a long time, at least in your minds. But uh, what has been a resource tool or idea that's been helpful to you or your work at Anchor Watch recently? So for for me, what's been really useful recently for us, and I guess for myself too, is just getting better with managing my own thoughts and my own time, like just time management and being really focused and using tools for task management and, you know, doing, you know, Gantt charts and really just being very strategic and deliberate and understanding that there are always going to be urgent fires and, you know, things that need to be taken care of. But every decision, every second of the day is an opportunity cost on what are you not doing instead and being really informed and understanding what trade-off am I making in this moment um, helps make good decisions and also quickly stop bad decisions. Cause you can always make, you can try undo a bad decision, but if you don't have perception and like what's going to start falling, cause you're accelerating towards something else, um, you don't want to be flying blind. So, and 
maintenance and hygiene of those tools is really important too for making sure that you're just kind of very focused on getting what needs to be done. And just real quick there, you mentioned Gantt charts. Are there any other, other tools or maybe pieces of software that are particularly helpful for you? Yeah, ClickUp is, you know, but we've been messing around and playing around with a lot. Um, it's been a really powerhouse tool. And what's great about that is you can do lists, you can do Kanban boards for, for developers, you can have it be um, like ticket, almost like a Jira-like issue. And then you can click into that and make it look like a Gantt chart and show all the dependencies and sequences. So that's, you know, that's the specific name of the tool that, you know, I've found really helpful. And Becca, for you, a resource tool or idea that's been helpful to you or your work at AnchorWatch? Yeah, I'd say there's there's a couple I, that come to mind. So one, I kind of ascribe to this uh, principle that you need to be your best self to be your best self. Mm. Um, I find that if I get lazy in one aspect of my life, it bleeds into another aspect. And so as we're really trying to build Anchor Watch into something special, um, you know, be the best of the best, uh, just in general, I, I just find that attitude bleeds over uh, into other areas of my life. So, um, you know, staying fit and healthy, like getting good sleep, being a good family member, taking care of my my son and my my parents and um, just really try to be be the best person I can. Um, so it's a bit general, but I think, uh, that when I'm firing on all cylinders, it's all areas of my life, not just one. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I think, you know, since the, the question was kind of beyond Bitcoin, I think in terms of business in the, we're a year and a half or so into building anchor watch the first months and even year, they're incredibly Bitcoin focused, right? Mm -hmm. So we're building a Bitcoin business. Rob, uh, you know, is extremely technical. I'm not. So I had a lot of learning to do on the Bitcoin technical side just to make sure uh, that I was able to incorporate that into building the business. We're getting to a stage now that uh, I'm getting a ton of value from going outside of Bitcoin. So talking mm -hmm. to our our pre-customers or prospective customers who are in traditional finance, uh, who are managing assets, who are thinking about it in a different way, who aren't thinking about it from a Bitcoiner point of view, um, and just getting a better idea of their insights, what's important to them, uh, how to how to speak to them, um, and making sure that we're incorporating that reality into our product. I think our product um, will serve both existing Bitcoiners very well, but also um, investors and, and people and institutions that are new to Bitcoin. So that's been super important as of recent uh, to, to really look outside of the Bitcoin community um, and kind of dive in, dive in there. And now, Becca, we have what we call our final arbitrary but insightful question, and it's this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Um, <laughs> uh, I would say in a personality, I'm more of a why not kind of person. Like, I just definitely do it. And then people are like, but that's not that's not the way. And I'm like, why not? Like, prove it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, on the on the other side, I, I could say that, um, you know, Bitcoin itself is such a complex and multifaceted topic. There's so much to learn that I, I feel like I'm more in the why stage. Yeah. But like, why is it like that? Why? 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 Um, so I can I can go either way. I think personality wise, I'm a I'm a apologize versus ask for permission type. Person. Sure. Sure. Rob, how about you? So I think fundamentally, um, 
why not is the direction I go. And I think that goes a lot into the journey of how we started building Anchor Watch the way we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we were getting out of like the opener question so we could talk a little bit about Anchor Watch specifically. But the first question really around like, why is there not Bitcoin insurance? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Every other sophisticated financial asset in the world, you can get you can get uh, insurance for bottles of wine and bars of gold and fine art. Well, Bitcoin has value and should be secured. You know, it's much better. Like, why not? Like, why haven't people done it this way? Why, you know, like, why can't we, you know, do things like time locks and more advanced Bitcoin scripts to enable better security? Like, why not? Right. And occasionally, I think you go back to why for evaluating existing systems. But as an entrepreneur, you're always asking why not. And I think and I would be curious if you went through all of your guests, if they said why or why not people. I think people who are going to skew to being entrepreneurs are going to be why not people. Because they're the ones that are saying, they're the ones that have the hubris to say, actually, the world is better with me and my idea existing. Mm. Right. So like you're going to self-select for, that'd be an interesting idea though. But that's, you know, that's my answer. Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high-net-worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. And Linkster is not just advice. It's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. Yeah, people have recommended in the past going back and, you know, taking out the different answers from every guest. It's just a lot of work, but it would be interesting to kind of compile those into a, you know, master set of answers. It would mm-hmm. be really that, interesting. that said, we're here today to talk about Anchor Watch. We've talked through a number of these questions. Two of you have answered. I want to make sure we do have a lot of time, though, to talk about Anchor Watch, at least as much as possible, because to your point, Rob, um, I was talking with someone at a recent Bitcoin meetup, maybe a couple months ago, kind of suggesting that it's not really feasible to have insurance for your Bitcoin because it's an exponentially growing asset. And, you know, how do you insure something like that? So I'm here in the, the the seat of the student today to learn from you about how this is possible and some of the things you're doing at Anchor Watch. So Becca, maybe you can start off. You said that you were the, the more non-technical person, which is good because I think a lot of the audience is non-technical as well. So if you could just share with us a little bit about Anchor Watch and what y'all are doing. 
Sure. So Anchor Watch uh, in general is an insurance company and a tech company. So uh, we want to provide regulated insurance on Bitcoin, uh, similar to really any other bearer asset class in the world. So if it's a bar of gold or a fine painting, jewelry, uh, a home, you know, if it's if it's a physical asset or an asset that can be made physical, you know, it should have insurance on it. Uh, and it needs to to be a mature asset class. So that's kind of our goal. That's that's our guiding uh, principle is is being able to offer that. And then to be able to offer that, once we determined that that was where we were headed, the next question is like, well, how does this Bitcoin need to be stored in order to be ultra secure and therefore where we can sell insurance at an affordable rate? Because ultimately, the level of risk, the likelihood that it's you know lost, stolen. Uh, that a claim happens uh, determines how affordably you can offer insurance. And if we can offer insurance, but it's at this astronomically high premium rate, then it's unlikely to be successful. So the question that we posed to ourselves was, how can it be stored in such a secure manner that we can insure it affordably? And so that led us to build our Trident Vault. So Trident Vault is a multi-signature self-custody uh, coordinator software uh, that in that incorporates something special, which is Miniscript, um, and that really sets it apart from other uh, kind of vaulting systems or multi-sigs on uh, on the market today. But big picture, that's that's kind of what we are an, an insurance company and a tech provider. Excellent, Rob. I'm guessing that you're to some degree the mastermind behind. Uh, Trident Vault, Trident Wallet. I would love to hear a little bit about the the custody and how it makes insurance feasible for Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, the name Trident came from Becca. So okay. I, I, any and the look in the UX came from Becca. Okay. So very clearly delineating here the um, hitting the hammer and the wrench against the Bitcoin blockchain and doing cool things. I did anything that you touched and experienced, Becca. Sure. Right, so just to, <laughs> just to delineate that. Um, it's really interesting in just talking about Bitcoin as a business because um, originally uh, we started Anchor Watch in February, March of last year, and Trident wasn't part of the original vision. And we came to an understanding that for our company um, to be as successful as we wanted it to be, we had to focus on commercial customers, which immediately said, okay, two of three multi-sig, not sufficient for insuring money like a $10 million vault or a $100 million vault, or a billion-dollar vault, right? Um, so uh, Mitch Abiko talks about this, that, like, you know, we're trying to build the tech for, like, the next trillion-dollar wallet, and I think kind of, like, what we're doing is part of that story. And all of this to say is that the way Bitcoin, most people use it today, they either use a single SIG or a multi-SIG, two of three, three of five, or a single key. Uh, Bitcoin is programmable money, and you can use it for more interesting things than just that. And so what we've built... Uh, built on top, standing on the shoulders truly of the Blockstream research team and um, uh, so Andrew Polstra and Sanket over at Blockstream as well as Peter Will, uh, now Chaincode, uh, they built Miniscript back in 2018. And this is whole idea is that when you want to write more custom Bitcoin code, like contracts for executing security, there's a lot of like foot guns and there's a lot of like overhead and tech debt. So it gets complicated. Most people don't do that. And Miniscript was this idea of being able to make that more approachable. So that's the high, ra- high background. What does it actually do though? It allows us to do an interesting concept called a key set, which would be, you know, Josh, let's say you're a customer. Let's say it's your two of three plus the anchor watch two of three, mm. right? It's not 
a four of six. It's a two of three and a two of three, meaning if your keys don't sign, the money can't move. On the flip side, if Anchor Watch does not sign, the keys can't move. Now, what happens, Josh, hypothetically, if you were to lose all of your keys, you got hit by a bus, um, you know, you just decided like, you know, your house burnt down, whatever it was. Well, this is where the second element comes in called the time lock. Mm -hmm. So most people, how they interact with Bitcoin, there's only one way you can interact with it. Two of three, three of five, single sig, lightning channel, but that's it. There's no, um, but what Miniscript does allows you to have like, or statements. And that means you can have an actual different spending condition based on the passage of time with the time lock. So you can actually say if you had an insurance policy on January 1st this year, you could say on January 2nd, 2024, if you if, if you lost your keys, we can have ways to recover the funds, right? And this is where it gets really interesting with the intersection of insurance is that uh, one, we were able to previously, when people built solutions, they were worried about like, what's our biggest threat vector and risk? And let's design around that, like usually who's holding the keys. With this though, we're able to kind of expand the, you know, the threat modeling, though, to say, what are all the threats that we're concerned about and make sure they can all be mitigated? Additionally, we're doing risk distribution, right? Josh, you're not holding 100% of the keys. AnchorWatch is not holding 100% of the keys, which is this interesting concept we like to call negative control, where we are not a custodian in the sense that we can unilaterally move the money mm. ever. But us plus and you can move the money, right? And so if, you know, if Beck and I were massive scammers, in the way the vault is constructed, we we can't move the money without your signatures. So all of a sudden you're going to see a signature of like someone's be like, oh, you sign sign this transaction with your ledger, and it's like I didn't authorize sending all my Bitcoin to this address. No, I'm not going to sign. So it's this way of encoding rules on Bitcoin that cannot be falsified or changed after the fact because once it's in an address, it's locked there. And this these are the kind of like you start seeing the building blocks of intersections and how we can do that. And one quick thing. Bitcoin price may be exponential. We're starting with a U.S. dollar denominated policy. Mm -hmm. And the way you get around that is a policy limit. So you have a million dollars of Bitcoin. It's a million dollar limit. We're not a financial insurance instrument like an options contract. We're preventing access to be able to spend the Bitcoin. So I know that was a lot of information, a lot of technical details. I can take a stop, pause there, and you can ask questions or Becca can jump into. Maybe Becca, if you have anything to add before I continue on with the additional questions. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of the tech itself and the mini script and and how we use these key sets combined with time locks and we're able to layer security and have these multiple mitigations, we think that it is truly combining the best of both worlds, especially especially for commercial customers. So, you know, there are reasons to do self-custody, not having counterparty risk that you're fully trusting this entity. On the flip side, especially if you're an institution, like you're looking for compliance and governance, right? You're looking to make sure that the representatives of the company uh, don't steal the Bitcoin, things like that. Uh, and so with Miniscript and with Trident Vault, we really are kind of bringing both of those together and doing best of both worlds. And that makes it super insurable. As Rob, uh, just going back to kind of the lead up for your question about how because of the appreciating mm-hmm. asset, Rob's exactly right that there, there's really two ways to handle the asset value and the fact that, you know, it's over time, it's it's going up and to the right. How can how can you possibly ensure this? So there's two ways. The first way is exactly what Rob described. Just think of it, uh, you know, like a like a painting. Right. So let's say you have a highly valuable painting and you want to ensure that painting that when you sign up for the insurance policy, you're going to have that painting appraised and it's going to be given a dollar value. So let's say it's a $10 million painting. 
you have an insurance policy worth $10 million. If you have a loss, you don't get paid out in paintings. Mm -hmm. You get paid out in $10 million. And so then you can say, well, yeah, but you know, the fine art market, it's, it's been going up and up year over year. What do you do? Okay. Yep. When your policy is going to expire, uh, you know, you have that painting reappraised. And so if that $10 million policy now needs to be a $14 million policy for your next policy term, you would just update uh, the policy to the new limit that matches the actual asset value. So that's that's ultimately the easiest way to think of for our policies. So USD limit. So we're going to do a spot price of Bitcoin. And for the insurance term, for the policy term, that's the dollar limit of your Bitcoin. When you're ready to renew, we'll reprice the policy and have a new limit. And then, you know, if if you felt underinsured, if the if the value of the Bitcoin had changed significantly, you know, you could call in just like any other policy and and do a mid year uh, mm -hmm. mid year adjustment. Now, the interesting and exciting thing is also the second way that we can do this. And this is something that at AnchorWatch we're working on in parallel. Uh, the USD policy that I just described is going to be in market very soon. So that's how we're going to market. We think it's very, very traditional and understandable. The TradFi, traditional finance customers, uh, institutional investors, it will be very, very familiar, backed by A-rated uh, carriers um, and just something that brings a lot of confidence. In parallel, though, we are preparing to also offer Bitcoin denominated policies. So this would be where the entire ecosystem is a Bitcoin insured product. So instead of a $10 million policy, uh, you might have a 50 Bitcoin policy. And so the limit of the policy is the nominal count of your Bitcoin. What that means is you pay your premiums in Bitcoin. So everything is going to be in Bitcoin. If you have a loss, that claim benefit will be paid out in Bitcoin. And that's a way that over time, really the asset value ceases to matter all that much because the entire system uh, is nominated in Bitcoin. That's gonna be a little later to market because there's lots of additional things to consider in particular with regulators, uh, making sure that we're doing everything and that the collateral for that, because to be insurance, it has to have uh, this very provable collateralized uh, reserve pool that gives us the ability to provide that guarantee that we can meet our financial obligations. Um, so there's a little bit more to do on the regulatory side. So it'll be a little bit delayed to the USD policy, but I think it's super exciting uh, in general. And that's the other way, uh, the other way to do it. But either way, there's definitely um, a very straightforward way to kind of deal with the fact that it's a volatile and, and increasing asset that's increasing in value. So a couple questions um, from that. First of all, once you're able to offer the insurance policies in Bitcoin terms and through Bitcoin payments, is that something that you feel like a lot of people will move toward? Does that give people more confidence or are you afraid that it would seem scarier to maybe more of a, a traditional business to have everything we, in Bitcoin terms? Yeah, great question. I, we will offer these policies in parallel because I think they'll appeal to different types of Bitcoin owners. I think uh, there's a lot of institutional customers who very much want the traditional USD policy 
who they're like, no, I really just want to know, you know, how how many dollars do I have a guarantee for? Mm -hmm. Um, And they want the uh, really well understood uh, traditional kind of we joke and the boomer insurance policy that I think that will continue to be a really, really robust market for that. Um, over time, uh, I I see just ongoing and increasing interest in the Bitcoin denominated policy. I think for customers who are already, quote unquote, Bitcoiners, um, who really, really understand that the goal uh, for many of them anyway is to increase the nominal count of their Bitcoin um, and that they're less concerned about the USD value at any particular point in time. And they they're really focused more on how many Bitcoins uh, they own and how many they would be guaranteed back. I think uh, there will be you know ongoing interest there. So for the foreseeable future, uh, we see them really complementary and and they enable us to really cover the whole globe in terms of what customers would want in terms of insurance. If a client's paying you, paying the policy in Bitcoin, does that change how you approach how the business is run? Because, you know, I'm not extremely well versed in insurance, but I feel like, you know, it's, it's the, the general approach is a company gets paid in dollars and they put that money to work in the meantime. But yep. put it, putting putting uh, Bitcoin to work, does that look any different than what you might do with dollars as a normal insurance company? In terms of how a customer pays their premium, we leave that up to them, right? So again, mm-hmm. if you're if you're insuring a ten million dollar painting, you don't cut off a corner of that painting and pay, uh, you know, pay sure. your policy and in the painting itself, you come up with capital elsewhere uh, and you pay your premiums with that. So in terms of as we have both policies, like do customers, you know, pay with their Bitcoin? Um, do they acquire other Bitcoin, especially to pay their premium? We we really leave that up to the customer. Yeah, and just to jump in on your point about like putting Bitcoin to work, um, that's I, I think that's more of a problem when you have a fixed income instrument like whole life insurance, mm. right? Where you have to have a set amount that you need to pay. For us, um, one way insurance companies make money is by putting their dollars to work and floating them out, right? Uh, in, in our context, we you know we don't need to do that to run the business profitably. Mm -hmm. So I guess I would just say that like, it it depends on how you're considering the financial wrapper now for how most insurance companies do work today. They actually are just um, bag holders for treasuries and bonds. And like, that's how a lot it's called the float. They have this passive income. So while the money's sitting there, they're just kind of earning some return and yield. Very aptly observed, Josh, that you don't want to just do that and just setting off to a random rehypothecation for the Bitcoin while it's being held in escrow. So, uh, yeah, those are the mechanics that we've put a lot of thought into and are also part of the conversations with regulators and getting this stood up, making sure. Because as Becca said, like for it to be insurance, there has to be locked in, you know, escrowed funds. They can't they have to be available to get called in the event there's a claim benefit payment. When it comes to the, I think you said there's a two of three on the customer's end, a two of three on your end, if I understood that correctly, is that, did I get that right? Yeah. Okay, so let's say that uh, for whatever reason, the customer loses all of their keys. Uh, The Bitcoin is time locked. Is it just a matter of waiting until that period of time, however far in the future it is? Yeah, so mechanically, the the way this works is that we... um, after your policy expires, let's say you lost all of your keys, whatever happens, um, us and a designated third-party recovery partner can work together to recover the funds. And again, though, that's not AnchorWatch 
becomes a custodian. Like Anchor Watch is not the only signer here. It's still Anchor Watch plus a third party has to come together to be able to move those funds and return them to the customer. Additionally, though, in the event you're like, hey, Anchor Watch was really great working with you. I'm not interested in renewing. We can actually set it up so that after that recovery layer, it just goes back to full sovereign two of three multisig. And that's a strictly better paradigm when you think about like, I left my funds at an exchange and then you're like, oh, hello, Mr. Exchange. Can I get my funds back? Oh, it's FTX. Oh, it's Celsius. Oh, it's Prime Trust. Like you go down the list. We can set these financial contracts on chain in such a way that when you don't want to hold, when you don't want the product anymore, the default state after the contract expires, they get, the funds get returned to you. Mm. And we don't become a custodian at any point. And these are kind of like the more, it goes back to that why not question. Why not do Bitcoin this way? It doesn't require a fork. It works today with major hardware wallets, the cold card and the ledger. Like, why why aren't we doing this stuff, right? And that, I think that's, um, this is where you start kind of, um, in Bitcoin, we often, um, we have such strong agreements on a lot of cultural and economic and political things that we sometimes just don't see past each other's shoulders and see that there's a whole world that people haven't thought and touched yet in how Bitcoin works. And this kind of design of a product this way that's kind of making the maximal benefits of the Bitcoin as a network um, and making it actually wrapped in such a way we can do it with a financial product. And we can do it in new and innovative and interesting ways. And that's how we see us being able to tackle this market. And why hasn't this been done before? Because everyone else was using it as a sole custodian. Like, okay, I'm going to keep all the funds at this, co- this company. Well, if all the funds are at one place... That's a concentration of risk, which is toxic to underwriting and insurance, because it doesn't matter how cool and how many gizmos you have on your cryptography stack. If all of the company actors at one company act bad, the money's gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think and then additionally, like uh, to preview, Becca wrote a really great blog post talking about this, like custody without coverage. If you're going to pay a custody fee, like in the event, the custodian, like things go south, like what are you paying for Mm -hmm. if it's not insurance? Yeah. Right. If you're going to pay someone for this service, the idea is that if they mess up, you get something back in return. And that's not how people are really structuring products. And that's what we think is a really important thing, not to steal back well, thunder, but I mean, it was, it's, yeah. a, it's an important question. So I, I try to answer it in the, in the blog. But yeah, the question is, why, why would you pay for uninsured custody? Like, mm. why? Once insured custody, insured custody solutions are available. The idea of choosing more or less an unguaranteed custody provider as compared to one who who does provide that financial guarantee. Um, I mean, obviously, we're biased, but it seems like a a pretty clear differentiator. And if you have a significant amount of Bitcoin, I think uh, you have to at least consider that question very seriously. I always feel like there's more to talk about, but especially today, I feel like we've hardly scratched the surface with Anchor Watch and all that's possible, but we, I do want to be respectful of your time. So if you could just share some final thoughts, each of you, as well as where to find out more about Anchor Watch and to follow y'all on social on social media. I will say that your great follows on Twitter, whether it's y'all going to Lloyd's of London, which I was hoping to talk to you at least a little bit about, or, you know, it's like... Uh, shoe shining or making <laughs> uh, a, this massive vat of bone broth. I, there's, there's great stuff y'all are always up to, whether it's connected to Anchor Watch or not, but love to hear some final thoughts as well as where people can go to find out more about what y'all are doing. Uh, <laughs> so sure. Um, well, absolutely. Twitter uh, is great. Uh, yeah. Rob will give you shoe shining tips. I will give you sheet washing uh instructions these things are very important to us it's it it has been really fun that with twitter and with some of social media 
um, Rob and I get to uh, have a little bit of our personalities uh, show through the, I think, what will become more and more stodgy insurance exterior. So that's very fun uh, for us. Um, absolutely. Uh, the website, of course, is going to be a great resource, uh, anchorwatch.com. Uh, so plain and simple there. You can get information on both the insurance and on Trident Vault. Uh, just here in the next um, week or so, I will be uh, publishing a refresh to the website. Uh, so at the moment, uh, it's pretty high level. Uh, there will be quite a bit more detail uh, soon. Um, and then uh, we expect to be uh, actually offering policies and, and underwriting customers shortly after after the start of the new year. So um, probably lots and lots of opportunities and, and we'd love to share more uh, about it. And we can we can talk Lloyd's and reinsurance and we can go as deep into insurance as, as you want uh, in a future talk. Excellent. Rob, anything else on your end? Uh, yeah, I guess really briefly, uh, Anchor Watch, great general reference website. Tridentvault.com is where actually the, the open beta is live right now. Uh, maybe by the time you're hearing this, we're taking it down for a little bit, just kind of polishing all of the servers and kind of getting everything ready to go for full production launch. But um, everything I described and talked about today is actually available there. If you have a cold card or a ledger or a Spectre DIY, other signing devices coming soon, you'll be able to start playing mess around with that. Um, just to say that the tech is live and out there and people have been giving us amazing feedback. Rob, you've done yeah. a, a bunch of podcasts on Miniscript itself. Uh, might be worth maybe throwing a name dropping those just because if people are interested in the tech, yeah. it's great. If you're, if you're technically minded. So I did, um, Citadel dispatch earlier this year with Matt Odell. Um, I also did a podcast with, um, I did, I did so many podcasts. Now I'm blanking on, uh, I did a panel at Bitcoin Miami, uh, with, uh, Andrew Polstra who wrote mini script and, uh, Antoine Riard, who's the, um, I'm sorry, not Antoine Poisson, not Antoine, Antoine Riard's the lightning dev, Antoine Poisson, who's the CTO of wizard sardine and the Liana wallet. Um, yeah, I would just kind of go there. I think we're publishing the blog with the Miniscript resources very shortly. Mm. Um, if you just type Rob Hamilton Miniscript, it'll come up and there'll be plenty of stuff on YouTube and podcast apps to be able to go check out for sure. Great. Well, Becca and Rob, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks for having thank me, you. Josh. Well, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or Becca or Rob, you can find those links in the show notes below. Give Becca and Rob a follow on Twitter and check out Anchor Watch for for yourself. As always, keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value for value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes. So if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any Lightning Wallet. And one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app, you can earn stats just by listening on Fountain. Check out the link in the show notes to get started with Fountain today.